Hello, and welcome to this special teleparty edition. <laughs> well, I, you're laughing of uh, stuff we've seen. Uh, uh, this is James Kent, and with me is Teal for the teleparty. Hi, Teal. Hi, I'm, I'm a teleparty. We haven't done this in a while. I'm looking forward to it. In a while? We only did it once. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm talking about. And it's been a while since we did it once. But here's the thing. Um, I That was an experiment when we did uh, Red Dawn. Yes. And I wasn't sure anybody would actually listen to it, but I, <laughs> but they did. People listened to it. So I'm assuming that they liked it enough that they, they would rather, you know, they, they'd like us to do it again. And that's what we're going to do. And here we are. We're not doing Red Dawn again, though. We're not. And it's funny <laughs> as you think, well, what is it going to do next? And, and it's really funny to pick a movie to break down. Yeah. It, it, it's like, it's hard. It's harder than you'd think unless we were, this was the entire show. If we did this every week, then it would if be we different. Did this, yeah. Which but, yeah. Then we just minimum. go, but picking a movie is tough. Yeah. Because it has to be something that uh, you actually have something to say about or at least make fun of. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, probably there's probably podcasts on it that, you know, break down the serious movies and get in everything. And we could maybe do that if somebody writes us a feedback at, uh, you know, as some of the movies that came up on our list when we were planning this, uh, are just way over analyzed and way overdone. And I don't necessarily feel like we need to, uh, join that party. Well, we can always add our two cents, of course, and we <laughs> yes, have such of grand insights to all movies. But, you know, I think that we, right, there's like, you know, we we could have picked like a Kubrick film or something. Yeah. And, and again, I, I I don't know who all listens to the show, so maybe people would like that. And like, like I said, feedback at stuffweseen.com. We'd be happy to entertain what films, but of course, uh, it has to line up with our streaming services and whether or not they have this is used to be called Netflix party, I think, but now it's teleparty, which now you can use it in more services than just Netflix. Yeah. And so we could do like 20 minutes on that, but you know, we want to get right into the movies now. Yeah. Uh, so what we picked, and this is going to be, it seems strange. <laughs> it's strange to me that we picked this, but as soon as it came up, I was like, this is the one. <laughs> And it is 2010, Edgar Wright, the director's uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes. You would think, well, maybe, you know, uh, Jim and Taylor are huge fans. The movie's got a big cult following. And uh, in 10 years, there's been a lot of analyz analyzation. Is that the right word? No, it's not. That is not the right word. <laughs> Help me out. What's the right analysis? word? Analysis. Thank you. Analyzation is more fun. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of analysis on this movie. And there was a kind of a big to do during the the early days of the pandemic when it had its uh, 10-year anniversary a few months back. And again, the movie was not a hit, but over time it has become, I guess, a cult favorite for people. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got a big following. Okay. Maybe okay. millennials. I'm not sure. Yeah, so I think there's some millennial attachment to this movie. I, I think it gets at something about their generation that that I didn't understand. <laughs> that I didn't understand. I, I'm too much of a Gen Xer to get what the hell is going on here. But yeah, I guess it has kind of become a yeah, it, it definitely has some devoted fans. Yeah. yeah, I am not one of them. That's what's fascinating about why are we doing <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And so I'm entitling this episode for you who may not be going to watch the movie, but just want to listen along. I call it Scott Pilgrim versus the world versus Jim and Teal. Because <laughs> uh, we are not fans of the movie. Um, and it's not, you know, I don't know if, I don't know this is an experiment. It's not like I've watched this movie a bunch of times, but we're going to go through it. And uh, well, what, what the experiment, at least from my angle, is that I think it'll be interesting 
for the listener who's listened to our program and all many episodes to know what it is we find that we don't <laughs> like about a movie, right? Right. Or, or in fairness, if I'm if I like this film, I find I might find myself liking this movie this time. So it, it, you've seen it once, right? All the way through, I've seen it once. I've seen the beginning of the movie many times. It just, I don't know. I always try to give it a chance. And um, and then I've seen parts. So, yeah, again, it's not a movie I've seen beginning to end more than once. Okay. I've seen it twice. You recently rewatched it. I I rewatched it last week. All right. I want to know. You can tell me along the way. Oh, I'll tell you along the way. I'll I'll, I'll just say I didn't really remember it that well from the first time I saw it. So So it's like watching it again for the first time. No, actually, it oh. all came back to me. Oh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to also assume, uh, and I guess, you know, before we even start this movie, I figured we'd get this out of the way so we don't have to read, you know, as yeah. we're trying to analyze, I got it right this time, um, the movie, <laughs> you did not see this thing in the theater, right? No, I did not. I, I saw it probably a, a year or two after it came out. Okay. And I saw it as soon as it was either on cable or available to rent or something. Yeah. Um, because I just had a, I had a very small child at the time and we wanted to see this movie, but not so much that we wanted to see it, you know, had to rush out and get like a babysitter or something. Sure. But it looked fun. It looked uh, engaging. Yeah. It like a uh, kind of thing that, uh, I don't know, that, it, yeah, it looked fun. Well, I think also it immediately was a box office misfire. And so it was one of those things where like, well, geez, you know. Okay, it's not going to do well. Maybe we can pass for now. Right, right. I didn't realize it was such a bomb at the bottom. We should start in the movie. We can talk about this while we're watching it. Fine, fine. <laughs> Have it your way, Burger King. All right. So now for you, listener, uh, if you're listening in, in a car and we don't, you don't have a, you were like, oh, I was just going to listen to an episode of Jim and Teal. I didn't realize we we're going to watch a movie. Well, you can, you can go to Netflix is where Scott Pilgrim versus the world is currently playing. Or if you're a big fan of Scott Pilgrim versus the world and you own a Blu-ray or a DVD, oh. I don't think it was ever on VHS, but, um, <laughs> but you can pop that in and I will kind of give you the signal and then you can start. So get yourself ready. You know, put us on pause. And when you're ready, I am going to give us a countdown of five. Okay. So here we go. Okay. I'm ready. Five, four, three, two, one. Scott Pilgrim versus the world versus Jim and Teal. And here we go. Oh. Yeah. It's playing. I, I like this. This is like that eight bit, uh, you know. Yeah. And and this is just the the movie announcing that it doesn't totally take place in our world. Um, not, yeah, yeah. Not not the usual world of a Universal movie. I mean, they do this sometimes with studio intros where they make them specific to the movie. But I, I like the, that. I thought. Oh, here we go. That's supposed to get chuckles, I guess. Right. Yeah, it doesn't though. It doesn't I, though. That's where the movie already started off wrong for me. Yeah. Right there at that very because nothing because they film so many movies in Toronto, so it's not even funny. I do like Allison Pill in this, by the way. Allison Pill is great. She's one of my favorite characters in this movie. And and see, rating awesome. I don't even. I don't. I don't get those jokes. Yeah, I don't get uh, who's doing the rating. I, I don't get the joke. I I don't mind the you know name and age thing. I think that's kind of fun. But I 
Yeah, so here's the thing. So he's this adult who has a relationship with a 17-year-old, which I guess 10 years later, that's kind of problematic, right? <laughs> yeah, I, and it's kind of problematic in this movie, but not oh, and super see, there's problematic. This, there's a, they're adding these little sound effects, yes. and they're making this big deal that she's Chinese. Yes. As if like, ooh, you know, that's like a cachet. And Knives Chow, that's like an obnoxious mistake there. To, <laughs> like, I just think that, uh, I guess I didn't read the comics, but. <laughs> I, I didn't read the comics, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, that's so funny that the guy is Steven Sills instead yes. of uh, Steven Stills. The thing about this <laughs> Knives Chow, yeah. I have this overarching theory that I guess as we watch the entire movie, but also because of the relationship that Scott Pilgrim has with his roommate. Uh-huh. Do you think that Scott Pilgrim is actually gay? Uh, wow. he just hasn't come yeah he just hasn't come out of the closet yet i just hadn't even occurred to me but that would make sense why he's dating in this platonic weird relationship with knives but that even the way he acts with all the women in his life right but okay maybe and why he's such a jerk and he was even by the well he is a jerk yeah. i mean that's really the problem with this movie in my opinion right the hero is an asshole <laughs> yes he is uh, he's toxically insecure Now, that joke, sex bomb yeah. I have to say that my wife and I have been using that name for, for years. We just love sex bomb uh, sex bomb Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, but it's a joke that they kind of wear out. And I don't know, this whole thing about adding the, the I don't know, these like graphics and things. Yeah. It seems like it's oh, trying really hard to be too cool for school. Well, I think that's exactly what it's doing. <laughs> but it's not cool to me. Um, no, it's not, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really strike me in any significant way. I just, uh, it, it, I sort of observe it and I go, okay, yeah, they're putting some graphics on there. No, um, I like Edgar Wright. I, I did like, um, Hot Fuzz. I thought that was great. And I did like Shaun of the Dead. Uh-huh. I wasn't such a fan of the end of the world, uh, pub movie there. See, I thought the end of the world was great for the first half hour. Oh, okay, all right, right. We'll, we'll correct that. Right for the first half hour or so, and then yeah. as it went along, it got worse, and then the last half an hour was terrible. It was just unbearable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus, it was uh, also very much like there's a thing about making it sort of like a a trilogy of these certain types of films, but it the last one shouldn't feel very recycled, and it does. And it does, yeah. And and I love Baby Driver. I like Baby Driver. I, I don't really like any of his other movies. I don't. Uh, you don't like Hot Fuzz? Not, no, I didn't like Did Hot Did you Fuzz. see Hot Fuzz? I saw Hot Fuzz. Okay. Well, you should give that another shot. <laughs> okay. It just didn't. Uh, I, I feel like the movies are kind of a little bit lazy. <laughs> Mike, Michael Bacall uh, co-wrote this. Yeah. He uh, was the kid. Uh, in Free Willy. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's also, isn't he a friend of uh, Tarantino's and was in a few of Tarantino's movies? That's possible. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, again, Michael McCall's this... in Grindhouse and he's also in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yes, and he's written a bunch of movies. Now, you see, they've had a relationship. Yes, and he was a jerk to her, and right. she's bitter about it. Uh, you think? 
(laughs) (laughs) But he just doesn't seem to have any sense that his, the way he acts is having an impact on people. Well, but isn't that the way of most men, right? (laughs) They don't, they're, they're so into their own space that they don't realize what they project on others. Now, I thought Kieran Culkin was really good in this. I think Kieran Culkin might be the best part of the movie. Yeah. And he's great, by the way, in HBO Succession. If you haven't seen that, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that watch, yet. he's okay. amazing. Uh, but he really makes this character really funny. And uh... It's funny is because here we are. We are uh, obviously smartphones had come out, but yeah. they weren't a thing yet. Up, oh, there's another one of your favorites showing up. I love Anna Kendrick. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and that's I his sister, was, right? Yeah, that's his sister. So his roommate's calling his sister and talking about knives. And she's cracking down on him over this. It's very important that they keep saying that she's a Chinese schoolgirl. Well, yeah, because that's some kind of like cliche yeah well it's it's almost as if it's like a it's like a a coup for him to to be able to date a, a chinese girl even if she's right but it's also but it's also just such a cliche like she you know she also has the catholic school uniform uh and so she is so, so the movie's sort of playing with this cliche of uh, the exoticization that white men do of Asian women. And well, do you think that though, is that the whole point? Is this movie a commentary on that? Or is it, or is it that the, that Edgar Wright himself is so fixated on these things? And just why he liked the comic. <sighs> Man, that's a good but question. But that's the debate because there's this whole thing about the manic pixie girl that we talked about yeah. in a few episodes ago. And that's really about these these caricatures of these women archetypes that men seem to fall for, or at least the kind of guys that Scott Pilgrim is. Yeah. Now, what's weird about Knives, though, is that she actually. Well, see, Karen knows. He knows. And she is too good for him. Yeah. And, and I actually really like her as a character in this movie. Um, I think this scene is great. This scene has more chemistry than he has with other women in the movie, I feel like. Um, well, it's showing you why, like, I mean, you know, there's an embarrassment to be going out with somebody who's five years younger than you sure, are when you're only sure. 22, but obviously they, they share a bond. Yes. And they, and they've been doing this like that move when she rolls over his back. I just think it's so cool. It's like they do this all the time. They hang out all the time. They get along really well together. Uh, and yeah, aside from the age difference, I feel like there's, they have a, they have an actual connection. (laughs) Knives chow. (laughs) But he's also so egotistical. I do like, I always like that actress. <laughs> yes. Aubrey Plaza, yeah. right? Yeah. Aubrey yeah. Plaza. Um, here's another problem. This is just from a casting choice. Uh-huh. Knives Chow, when this movie came out, was 25 years old. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, you know what? It would just yeah. be more, this is a, you know, it's a casting thing, but she's not, she's older than his character is supposed to be in the actress. So, you know, she doesn't and look old, like a 17 year old girl. How old is he? 
Uh, let me check out old Michael Sarah. Wouldn't it be funny if he's older? I think she's <laughs> possible. Be. She's older. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she is. He was only 22. He was the appropriate age. <laughs> That's a problem, right? <laughs> okay, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I, I, I'm willing to buy that she's 17. I, yeah, well, oh. I'm breaking the, uh, the, <laughs> breaking yes, the you've, spell. You've broken the spell. Uh I don't know. I'm telling you. I, I think the problem really is, is that she doesn't want he, – he doesn't want her to see that he is living with right. a gay man in the same bed, that there's definitely subtext <laughs> there. Well, he just doesn't want to – this I find really annoying. This stuff – like what – you know, what's going on here? I do like how the aspect ratio keeps changing. Oh, here she comes. The manic pixie girl herself, Ramona Flowers. Yep. <laughs> yeah, okay, that was a good that was a good gag. But see, you know, it, it, either making it for fun, the idea that he would sleep in the same bed with a roommate, yeah. but, you know, it, it, there's something that's <laughs> not right here. <laughs> there she is, 25-year-old nice child. <laughs> but she's also, like, she's way too good for him. Look, she's getting calculus books. Yep. Oh, and there he sees her. And there's a lot, you know, there's articles that have been written about the fact about, you know, the purple hair. Yeah. She's the complete package of manic pixie fixation for men. And she's oh, she's got, you know, roller blades on. and Yeah, she actually, like, slides around. She glides, like. Okay, the movie does a lot of those kinds of cuts. Right. Like, from one scene to the next without letting you know that it's changed, really. And I think they're kind of fun. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's clearly like these are moments that had there's another one right there. And, yeah. I do like the editing. Oh, she said retard. And let's face it. That's not a word we use today. Yeah. We do not use that. So this movie this is, is back pretty, in the old days. This is pretty dated, by the way. Pretty sure that Knives Chow is not going to fly either in <laughs> 2021. <laughs> I can't believe it flew then, to tell you the truth. Well, it didn't. It was a bomb, right? Yeah, I guess so. It was but a sex bomb. <laughs> Hey, I think the writer of the movie was just passed on the stairs. The guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was talking to this guy with the glasses, but see, he's drinking a beer bottle on the right. Right, I see that. Well, yeah. he's not drinking I, the bottle. He's drinking I the like beer this in the guy bottle. with the glasses. I yeah, think he's I've funny. Yeah, I see him and stuff. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so she's built up to also is like. Yeah. Being this uh, kind of amazing person that everyone's in awe of and is way out of his league. And, and you know what? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I don't relate to that, um, you know, because, uh, the, you know, I, I, I recall in my past. Oh, absolutely. When I was in college, yeah. there was a 
girl I dated that was definitely, I was, you know, she was out of my league and I, <laughs> and, uh, you but, know, I, the whole time was very insecure because I just knew that it was going to end because I was just not cool enough. <laughs> and it did, of course. But, but okay. This one girl, right? So here's yeah. the thing. He's, it, it, the difference is that he sees her in a dream. And so she's. Right. So if we break into, uh, the, uh, I thinking of ending things. Is this just what he envisions for exactly. Mona Flowers? Is she really like that at all? Hmm. And even if she's not, I mean, even if she is real, it's still something that existed in his head first. He sort of created her. So she right. is this fantasy. Uh, and so he's not seeing her for who she actually is. He's seeing her as this fantasy object. Well, yeah, he never really actually ever wants to get to know her. No, he never does. And th th that's what's, uh, yes, he stalked her. Um, Uh-oh, Ari Plata knows the truth. Yeah, I guess these are all the warnings, but... <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> then we. Alison <laughs> <laughs> Pill doesn't think so. See, I'm but Aubrey Plaza that... is totally right. He is a jerky jerk wannabe. Yeah, but why? Because he because he will not confront his own truth that he is gay. <laughs> I'm just that's what I think the moral of the story is he will not come and when he when he finally in the in the sequel that didn't happen he'll be very happy with Kieran Culkin that's the love story that's not being told here see they're like best buds and no they are they are but I feel like the Kieran Culkin character could never be pinned down to just one man. Yeah, but you know what? In the 2021 version of this movie, you know at the end that they hook up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, okay, we'll talk about the end when we get there. Yeah. An hour and 36 minutes from now. <laughs> oh, man. We have a okay, lot more to say about this than Red Dawn, I got to be honest. Where Fake high school girlfriend. <laughs> That's that is a problem. I feel like Edgar Wright thought he was capturing the zeitgeist of what kids that age were going through right and that it was going to be like this hip and maybe that was it he did but it just wasn't until it came out on video and stuff and right that it didn't find its audience but i, I think there's you know a certain type of uh nerdy dude who likes this movie well are there any nerdy girls that like this movie or is this a dude film <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's a dude film to tell you the truth. You know, uh, my wife hasn't seen her seen it, but I was telling her about it. Duel to the death. Uh, I was telling her about it and she was just like, that just seems like male ownership over women. Mm. I mean, it's definitely an angle that I think we're, we're taking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, part of the problem is just that he's a jerk. And he is kind of he is kind of a jerk. He wasn't to women. very likable, right? You want to like you kind of relate to him a little bit, but you do not kind of root for him. Exactly. But I can relate to Knives better. I feel really bad for her through all this. Yeah, I understand right. what she's going through. What was the dude? What was that dude with the mask? If we could hit rewind on this, <laughs> there was a guy in like a scary killer mask. That yeah, was that was weird. weird. Yeah. Up oh, and see now they're not they're not dancing as much together. You know, it kind of reminds me when I was in high school, mm-hmm. there was this girl that I work with at the movie theater. Her name was Patty, and she had a college boyfriend who had worked at the theater and then he went to college and he came back during the, like the breaks and the summer and everything was all good. Right. When he'd come back. Right. But I remember when it came time for like things like the prom, well, he was in college and he didn't want to go with her. Oh, right. You know, he was like, I can't go to those things. (laughs) And that's when you realized, oh, wait a minute. Yes. You, you kind of hitched your wagon to the wrong (laughs) horse. (laughs) It didn't last for those two. <laughs> so this is one of the plot lines here is the, uh, we're f- actually finally getting some plot, which is the uh, Battle of the Bands. And uh, oh, we're at, what, what, guess what? 19 minutes and 39 seconds. See? Yeah. Always where the turn comes. But it's in another 10 minutes when the movie really mm. starts to fall apart for me. I like sex Bob bomb. <laughs> sex Bob bomb. I love that she wears the shirt. I, she, uh, she charms me as a character. Mm, I think you are fascinated with a 17 year old. Nice <laughs> well, I ju- the thing is I feel for her because he's such a jerk. Yep. But again, I guess, you know, there's probably, see, that's uh, there's not the funny. P bar, that's, the that's, famous P bar. That's not funny. Like, like I guess what I what I don't understand is what is the point? What is the point? Is is Edgar Wright trying to make that life is like a video game? Is it? Is that what it's supposed to be? I'm I not a big video game guy. I guess. Well, but here, what what's weird is that like none of the character. Well, I guess they, they they go to the arcade. They play video games there, but video games are not a big part of his life. And. The movie starts with that universal, that eight bit universal logo, like oh Well, the fights though are all like video gamey. That's the problem with them. Yeah, that's what the appropriate answer, by the way, would be. Yeah. Is no, because and first of all, a guy like him is just not gonna ask someone out like that. No, and he, that's the he's kind of really forward and I feel like pushy. (laughs) 
And notice she's got the hip like welding goggles on her. Yeah. Head, you know, I guess she's like. And she got a job at Amazon, which means she delivers stuff. Well, see, this is like an update of Flashdance. Instead of welder by day, dancer by night, she's Amazon <laughs> delivery person by day, welder by night. So here's the other thing. I feel like I don't know that much about her. Well, that she's supposed to be this person of mystery. I mean, that's the idea. Now, yeah. I do love, I do love, um, was it Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Yeah. I love her character and her performance. She's tough. I guess she makes herself somebody that you'd want to go out with. Yeah. And this scene, this is really important, this scene. Um, By the way, there's a longer cut of it I've seen on the internet, and huh. they cut it down partly to make her more sympathetic, but like- in the longer scene, she like smokes and stuff, and he's not oh. into that. But she's kind of like, well, this is just the kind of things I do. So it does add a little bit of uh, oh. dimension to their character, but they trimmed it. Interesting. But this is really supposed to be the magical first date where they, you know, they start to click. Right. And. One of my big problems with this movie is that I never buy that it clicks for her. Well, well, I, I guess this is how I looked at it is someone like her, she's had all these ex-boyfriends. Yeah. She's on a search and she's not sure what she wants. So she tries out these different types of guys thinking it's about the type of guy that will make right. a difference rather than finding somebody that she just wants to be with. So I think if we were looking at it from the Ramona Flowers angle of the story if this was her story yeah it's her quest to find a nice guy and by the end of right. it she still hasn't found that person i guess though she seems to think that he is the nicest she seems of the guys. to think that he's a nice guy yeah according to his <laughs> worldview <laughs> but what if this was her movie right well then it would be failed in a lot of ways but <laughs> see this is silly but See, he just seems creepy and obsessed to me. Well, he's nervous. He's like, because he's, he's, he's gay and he's not comfortable. <laughs> and it's really about the fact but, that he cannot be his true self, just like she has not been able to be be, be her true self yet. I, yeah, you've got, there's something to your theory. I'm not signing up for it yet, but well, you don't got ever something going on. reveal that it there, but I think that there's a deeper, if we, if we don't look at this guy as a total asshole. Um, well, I he's mean, definitely uncomfortable with himself. You're right about that. And- which of course, you know, look, I, you know, I mean, Hey, I'm married with kids now. So somehow I made it all work out, but I was, <laughs> I was pretty uncomfortable, certainly in high school. And oh yeah. I, I get it. It's just that at the same time, he's, uh, like too confident, like, you know, asking her, it, well, he's playing at confidence. He's trying, he's to playing act. at confident. Yeah. Yeah. And they're already kissing. What? Yeah. Or is this just another one of his fantasies? No, this is them actually kissing. Oh. Yeah, so maybe she's somebody that goes, well, all right, he's a nice guy, he likes her, and maybe that's what she's attracted to, forward yeah. guys, right? Even though he's very unconfident. Yeah, it's just that scene on the swings didn't sell me on, like, I personally don't get emotionally caught up in Like, how their they went romance. from there to now this. Yeah, but, like, I'm not charmed by their romance in any way. It doesn't. It doesn't emotionally no. work for me. Well, that would be an interesting thing. And I don't know. Because, again, this movie has gained a lot of popularity over the years. Yeah. Do people find this a realistic romance? And then are they, like, 
caught with like this great romance between these two yeah i mean it uh, not necessarily realistic but like just caught up in it charmed by like does it does the i mean that's really the bottom line with a love story movie is do you fall for the love story and i don't hear i mean it was like uh the miss the miscast romance in uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind exactly yeah where you just you can't fall for the romance and therefore the whole movie kind of falls apart yeah, I'm just, there's something not working there for me. Yeah, I'm just not buying it. And I think it's him. Well, I mean, the writing is, uh, I guess, an issue because Michael Sarah was really, really good in Superbad. Yes. And he hasn't really hit his stride since that movie, in my opinion. Yeah. See the uh, the sea's part for her. She's got some special yes. magic. Yeah, she's got some special magic. Yeah, but see, what is interesting is she treats him much like he treats Knives Chow. Yes, yes, and it does. Sometimes people are attracted to the wrong person. Yeah, like Anna Kendrick's boyfriend. Right. So this movie is filled <laughs> with a bunch of people who do not have the right chemistry going on. I mean, Michael Sarah really should be going out with his roommate, Kieran Culkin. You're laughing, but I am not making know, a joke I'm on at, this. I'm, I'm laughing at the you. scene, actually, because I yeah. think this is kind of funny. Like, oh, <laughs> I actually find that kind of funny. Yeah, too much, too much for Michael Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily blaming him as an actor, but I think the way the character is written. <laughs> oh, Allison Pill so great. Yeah, she's great. I don't what where do I know her from? Oh, oh well, she's been in tons of stuff. She was in Milk. Um she was in this Aaron Sorkin HBO news program that I didn't watch. Uh it was like Oh, that, that, yeah, you know I did watch about? that. Yeah. Yes, I did watch that. Now, oh, yeah, I totally yeah. remember her from that. And okay. She was in a Steve Carell movie. Uh, Dan in Real Life? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. She's been in a bunch of different things. I like her. Oh, she was really good in this. Was she in that movie? Yeah. There's these hockey movies called Goon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've never seen them, but I know about them. Yeah. <laughs> we watch them with our uh, oldest, and he, it was funny. Karen <laughs> <laughs> Culkin is hilarious. Yeah, I love the stuff with Karen Culkin. He's funny. I, I, I'm really frustrated by Michael Cera in this movie. Well, maybe a different act, but I don't think so because no. it's still the problem with with the script. It's a problem with the script. Exactly. It's not. Yeah, I mean he's acting and i guess as well as you can yeah. but. i mean again this is funny there was the same problem that i had when i first watched it i couldn't warm up to the movie and i feel like the direction yeah. is just a little stilted like he was going for things that were not landing it, and that's exactly it yeah the movie doesn't quite well it's like the graphics that are on screen sometimes just don't land 
Now, this is a, cr- a nightmare scenario, right? You have two girls yes. that you're involved in, and they're talking, and you know. <laughs> See, we're laughing a little bit. We're getting a couple chuckles. Yeah, no, this. Yeah, see, like she's, you know, Ramona is not even really nice to nice Chow. Everyone's picking on poor 25-year-old nice yeah. Chow. But also Ramona is totally uninterested in the fact that the band is playing. Yep. She's along for the ride. I mean, she's, she's a new kid in town, you know. She's from America. You know how we are in America. We're not very nice to Canadians. Do, do, do. So it's funny is that uh, Michael Sarah is actually a skilled bass player. Oh, really? And he had to dumb it down to play in the band with the rest of them because they didn't really know how to play that well. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's very, very good musician. So, so where, where do these songs come from? These were written for the movie. I would assume so. I didn't do the pre research. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't we look need to get up our the intern on that. <laughs> oh, okay. So but she doesn't seem that into it. Oh no, now she is. Okay, she's getting into it. But she seemed to also kind of think like him being in a band is lame. I'm trying to think of what's the name of this song? Garbage truck. Is that what this is called? I'm trying I to look it so. up. Or maybe that's another song. I know they do one about a garbage, a garbage truck. truck. It's written by Beck. Really? Yes. And performed by Michael Sarah, Allison Pill, Mark Weber, Beck, and Brian LaBarton. It's wow. funny because Michael Sarah looks a little like Beck. He could play him yeah. in, in a movie. Oh, see, here we go. And this. Ah, good old Matthew Patel. Mm. it's that one guy <laughs> kieran culkin is gets all the good lines uh okay so i will bring this up now and i'll bring this up every time that there's a fight scene in this movie except for one okay uh first of all the choreography is kind of boring Right. But then every fight scene is like a video game like this. You got a guy on the left and a guy on the right. And then you do shot, reverse shot over the shoulder, just back and forth with. See, here it is. Reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, just back and forth. It's it's really boring uh, cinematically. It's just playing like a conversation. Yeah, so I just find the fights uh, don't have a lot of story content in them. They're just people fighting. Again, because we're not sure where Edgar Wright is coming from. Now, I didn't read the comic, so I don't know what the deal is there. But, like, is this his, like, concern about the fact that she's had all these ex-boyfriends and, you know, when you're always competing against whoever their past is, and so these are just imagined fights, obviously,
<laughs> I mean, again, I think sometimes if if you're a fan of the comic, Edgar Wright got so wrapped up in the I can do this versus whether yeah. he should have done this. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just, you know, they dated for a week and a half in the seventh grade. Yeah. And I just, uh, oh, this is yeah, exactly Anna Kendrick. Exactly. When Anna Kendrick so says cool. that, I'm like, that is exactly how I feel. Uh, like the movie's lost to me at this point. Um, I don't know what any of this means. It's like a Bollywood uh, fight song moment. Right. But like, who is this? I mean, I know they, they dated for a week and a half in seventh grade, but like, who cares? Who this, you know, and so I think what you were just saying, we'll go back to for a second, like, do all these happen in his head? And I think they do. I think this is him looking at her and thinking that he can't live up to her ex-boyfriends. And so, so it's all his insecurity uh, about, uh, I don't know, you know, yeah, just his insecurity about these guys. Like, can I ever live up to them? And so he has to defeat them. I guess in his own mind. Yeah, to somebody that she dated in seventh grade for a week and a half. Exactly. That's the thing. It has no emotional weight to it. It's just some random dude. Like, And she. And if you're going to count people that you dated for a week and a half in the seventh grade, I think there might be more than seven. Okay. That. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, and then he gets the coins, and during that fight, like, people were vaporized, and you saw skeletons. Like, did they die? What's going Like, I can't, I'm, I have a real hard hard, hard time with the uh, suspension well, let's see, of disbelief. Let's, let's what happens in this scene here. So what she really is saying, and I'm, I'm being totally serious about yeah. this, is that metaphorically, in order for them to succeed, he has yeah. to somehow overcome all the good and bad things of the other seven boyfriends that she had. And if he's successful, maybe they have mm -hmm. a shot. Yeah, but it's all about, it's basically all about her baggage. Mm. The Seinfeld thing is kind of funny. Kind of. Almost. First and a half. <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie would have benefited from a laugh track. It would have. Yeah, then I would have known what's funny. 
Exactly. Yeah. It is hard, Michael Sarah. It's true. It's true, but you're being called out on being a jerk, so by somebody who cares about you. Another X. Yeah, another X. And of course, yeah, we know this is an X, but I, I this is kind of explained by the end, but I'll wait. The, the, <laughs> the Lucas Lee thing is pretty funny. I know Chris Evans, you know, he was Still a relative newcomer then. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think no. the, did the Avengers come out in 2010? And then obviously it made the Captain America. But, you know, he hadn't made a lot of other films besides. Yeah. You're still there, right? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I just was, you know, enjoying the phone booth scene. Sorry. <laughs> and now we have the uh, breakup scene. Ooh, ouch. Yep. Oh, she's going to turn 18. Don't say it, Knives. <laughs> and then he just brushes it away. Yeah. I'm a jerk and, uh, <laughs> you know, but I'm wearing I'm the becoming... sensitive hat. <laughs> or whatever. Ouch. I kind of want to see the movie now of Knives Chow and what she's going to do and deal with. Yeah. Like. <laughs> See, I just feel bad for her. Yeah. 25-year-old Knives Chow. <laughs> in, a, in a movie where I don't have a lot of feelings for the character, she's one of the ones that I have more. But I think you are supposed to feel for Knives Chow. You are, Yes. Exactly, Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, punk. Yeah. Loser. <laughs> I mean, there is a little bit of a fascination, this idea of your your way into somebody, right? Yeah. And somehow they're going to now date you and you will throw away the perf- perfect person for yourself just because you're so infatuated with this person who clearly isn't that into you. <laughs> exactly. And not only that, yeah, he's, he's like giving up. I mean, he has the trouble being himself, as you've always said. He's not his, being his true self, uh, but he's even giving up parts of that. Uh, well, doesn't that happen sometimes in relationships with yes. somebody? It's like people say they dive head first, they give up everything because they're trying to make this dream come true that's not going yes. to. And uh, but that's the thing is that it's all a fantasy. Like uh, his his take on her seems to be a fantasy and not ha- doesn't have as much to do with who she actually well, is. That's why I think it's a commentary on the idea of this manic pixie fixation and not okay. You know the idea that. You know, it's 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 taking a look. It's it, it's analyzation. <laughs> it's analyzation. Ah, the old analyzation. <laughs> so the problem I'm having with the movie at this point is uh, there's really no plot. Uh, no, and I know you always bring that up, but now we're realizing that the plots are for like those really bad action movies that have to go from A to Z, but most movies don't have a plot. Really. Well. Well, I guess my point is not necessarily in terms of plot, but in terms of forward momentum or narrative momentum. Like, I'm not sure what's pushing the story forward at this point other like if, than- Well, look, we're looking at her and she's trying to figure out what what can I like about this guy? Yeah. And he wrote this lame song about her, which- Never works, right? <laughs> no, no. And it's so cringy that I'm like, what- what is wrong with her that she's hanging out well, with this guy? Well, but look at her. Look, I mean, again, I, I, I like her performance. No, no, I, I like her performance. She's looking up and down and she's trying to figure out, what am I doing here? Maybe yeah. she's, you know, she's testing everything out. She seems like she's like 25 and he's only like 17. And she's obviously way more mature, way more experienced. And maybe she's finding it kind of cute to be involved right. with such a inexperienced guy. Well, he's inexperienced, but he's also been a jerk to everyone he's dated. That is not 431 days worth of hair. Uh, yeah, and who, who is that uh, That narrator again? It's not that funny. Yeah, no, it's not that funny. Oh, see, I, I'm, I want to tell you all the signs are there that Scott Pilgrim is really versus his own sexuality. I, I uh, again, I'm not signing up with your theory yet, but I really? think you're onto something. Uh, I'm not telling completely, you, man. because I think that it, uh, I think it's more. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, it's I, a film that also doesn't know it needs to come out of the closet. Well, that could be. Um, There's a a sexual identity crisis going on with this character that explains everything about why he's so insecure, why he's such a jerk. Oh, with one of her exes, right. Yep, time to meet the next ex. Well, and so that's what I mean by not much plot is that it's just a series of events. It's we just know we have to go through seven of these in a row. I know. And once you're like, oh my god, we have to go through seven of them. <laughs> yeah, and and they See, don't really funny. 
they don't really build on each other. Uh, they don't <laughs> see that's funny. Yeah, no, Chris <laughs> Evans is funny the, in bro, this. But they did the Universal logo and he, yeah. his head moves. <laughs> that clown. <laughs> yeah, and you see her worry. Like, see, she is a lot like Scott Pilgrim in a different way. She's running away from her exes as if they were ghosts. And right. I think the fighting is, it's like almost her fantasy sequence. She sees that this guy has to battle her exes versus what he does. He, right. So th- so then they're not necessarily in his head. They're kind of in her head. They could be. He's battling to help her overcome her past trauma. Yeah. yeah. And see, that wouldn't really happen because he's a yeah and see I think the battles are really within her going you know is this guy she's weighing Scott Pilgrim versus these other guys the dicks and you know So, yeah, so you're sort of arguing that in some sense, this is from her point of view. Well, I'm trying to make sense out of it as far as it would be a more interesting movie, that way. Because, again, I think this is why it's a directorial misbag. It doesn't have a strong point of view. It doesn't have a strong point of view. And, again, it has no narrative. It just is a, it, it's episodic. So each fight doesn't really add more understanding to what's going on. Like, why Why do there have to be seven? But I bet you there is, like, I'm, again, I'm struggling with the people who love this movie. And yeah. is it these fight things that they think are hilarious and awesome? Like, is that the thing that they love about this movie? Yeah, is I don't fight know. sequences? Because, like, the rom-com part of it could almost work. But the fights are terrible. Well, because they have to, I guess they're no different than any other CGI fight, but they were all designed to know that they were going to have to put in all of these things. Because I think Edgar Wright was really, really specific with what he wanted as far as these yeah. uh, little pows. I just, and, I just don't find the choreography that interesting. Well, any more interesting than, I guess, a video game, right? Uh, it's about the same. But you know? like, these things, these are not the interesting parts of the movie for me. No, these these parts to me are almost unbearable. Captain yeah, America, I, why are you being such a dick, Bo? I'm just not that into the fights. I find them really boring. Yeah. Uh, but this, I think, is the best fight uh, of all of them. But for this to work as far as, you know, where it fits in the imaginations, there has to be a yeah. follow-up after these fights for us to understand what was going on in the characters' heads. And I don't think this ever does that. It never does that. And so we don't understand what the emotional significance of any of this is. Like, this just does nothing for me. I get, you know, we've already been through one of these fights. There, I guess there's some plot. I don't think there's a real league. You don't think there's a real league? <laughs> no. You're too funny. 
<laughs> so you're funny kid what do uh, what do the exes get out of this why are they why do they think it's worth fighting well that's why i'm saying i don't think there's ever any actual uh contact with these exes i think that the seventh grade kid may have been a conversation they had and so immediately right. he's competitive against some seventh grade memory of a boyfriend This is why I like this fight. <laughs> oh man see more culkin would have been would have been so great, great yeah but this is why i like this fight because um scott pilgrim actually like uses some smarts and uh you know right he recognizes this guy's ego and so he uses it, it against exactly them. and so and so uh, I like it when Scott is being is using his brain because he's not I don't see him as a fighter, a physical fighter. And so I find it weird when he's turns into like a karate expert in a fight. Um but this one kind of makes more sense in terms of his character. It plays to the guy's ego. Yeah, so she's well, just what not that into you, dude. Yeah, she's not that into you. You're hanging out with your boyfriend. Now he has been the dumped. Yeah, she's ghosting him. I guess this is pre-ghost before ghosting was a uh, yes. thing. But ghosting was around for a long time, but we didn't have the name. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so now we're like an hour into the movie and they're still explaining the concept. Yeah, see, so this is really, again, all those fights and things are not supposed to be real. And it's just he's up against this person who has a lot more experience and maybe baggage than he does. And he can't just be himself with her. And see? Right. Yeah. It isn't your destiny, though. I do like this with all the stuff behind him. Yeah. She's America. <laughs> I don't really get her character. I do. Uh, you know, I mean, she's 
his girlfriend from the past, another one that didn't work out. But then sometimes they come back into the picture a little bit I and then so. they hear that he's got a girlfriend. So now they're a little bit jealous. Nice chow. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that gag. Ghost. He's ghosted. It's the he's been ghosted. Now he's ghosting. Yeah. Well, well. I mean, again, I think like we talked. I like that. this shot with all the X's in the background. Yeah, and he does that. He does things like that in uh, Baby Driver. Yes, yes. And I kind I like those things that aren't necessarily the special effects that are just part of the mise en scene. Like what. All right, this this is pretty funny in the fact yeah. that the actress here, if you were a fan of Arrested Development, she is Michael Sarah's girlfriend and Veal. <laughs> or oh. or as Jason Bateman always says, her? <laughs> okay, you're right. He also totally... calls her egg. <laughs> yeah. I don't get why the exes care. I, you're thinking about this wrong. The exes are just <laughs> things that he's he's wrestling with the fact that he. Can, well, I know, he, I know that, but just that has no emotional impact. Well, so the on fact it. is, is that what we don't know and what we don't get because it would make it too obvious is there's clearly conversations. Uh, that he's had with Ramona Flowers. He knows about her exes and that right. she had a she had a lesbian romance at yeah. one point. And so now he's grappling with the fact that he's been ghosted and he's trying to make sense of, well, is it for this reason? Is it for that reason? Right. And so he has to go through all of the exes, I guess, in his head to try to figure out what can I do to become <laughs> the non-ex? Right, so he's, he's just... But he's trying to turn himself into somebody that he isn't necessarily. Well, right. But yeah. maybe that's how he gets to real. Oh, and there she is. You know, she says exes because they're not all boyfriends. Yeah. See, the movie really is mixing up all of these things where relationships are complicated and people yeah. are like, I forgot, that's Brie Larson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, so I like these scenes better. These, uh, like that scene with him and Ramona, that, you know, and this scene. <laughs> 
I like this stuff better than the fight scenes. Well, like I said, I think that the movie's not well directed because there's a, a lot, maybe things got cut out. We don't know. Yeah. But we don't have enough of the understanding that both of them are grasping with their past relationships, each other's mm-hmm. past relationships, trying to make this relationship work, but all of the baggage is getting in the way. Exactly. And they have to deal with the baggage and overcome it. Because if you think about the first fight, what happens? The first fight happens when Michael Sarah's anxiety ratchets up because he's supposed to get on stage and he's got two girlfriends meeting each other for the first time. Yes. So it brings up this ex situation of hers. Okay. So that's okay. I like that. That's yeah. We're putting it together bit by bit. Piece by piece. <laughs> it's just I would have rather had the conversation than the, uh, uh, basically I just hate the fights. I, I just it's okay. you're allowed I'm not a big fan of this movie I think we were establishing that <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know there's a couple of chuckles in here I'm not I'm not I'm not saying let's shut it off I'm, <laughs> I'm we're gonna continue I find the second act of this movie unbearable well that's why I've watched the first half of it several times yeah but I find that first half hour is actually kind of fun and uh but once the fights start Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I just, you know. Oh, uh, I see. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, oh, now she sees. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Which is funny because she's actually 25. I think there's some in-jokes going on there. That's pretty funny. See, and it's interesting. Like, And she wants to change who she is because exactly. she's trying to... <laughs> of course, now everybody, 10 years later, is dying right. there. Every week and a half, yeah. Yep. Sex bob Yeah, and they're not a bad band. I mean, well, I mean, when then you're backed by the the writing talents of Beck. <laughs> <laughs> Some merch. seems like a, I, 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 that line bothers me well again she's a mystery she's a mystery but oh oh nice check. <laughs> love this that's great <laughs> tell you yeah Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in a nightmare oh Alison Bell, she's so great. (laughs) 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 See, that's funny. (laughs) That was, that was a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
The problem is there's too many misses to go along with the few hits. It, exactly, yeah. And there are a lot of, yeah, there are a lot of misses. I wonder how many, how much time I wonder what the screen time is for the fights and the music. I don't know. <laughs> I love Larson. See, I I like this because I feel like the song, the lyrics actually have something to do with the story. Yes. But don't you see how all of these characters are intertwined? Yeah. And they're all going through some very similar stuff. And maybe that's what people like about it because they can identify with being in this situation in your early 20s and having not got relationships figured out. And I think that's a big part of it. I think there is, I mean, you know, watching it now, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I can relate to. I've definitely, you know, ha dealt with the evil exes before. Um, never turned into a fight, but you know, it's always sort of weird. It's always it's sort of weird when like your, you know, your SO's ex shows up at a party or something. Yeah. So like from Scott's point of view, he actually has to battle with fists, her yes. exes, but she has to keep getting involved with his exes as well, but she just doesn't have to fight them. Right. Yeah. See, another X. Another X. And then My Brie least... Larson's given him the eyes. And... See, I don't know about that. I I don't like that. I don't know. I don't understand why he hit her though. Well, like, like I said, I think you have to look at it that the 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 fights are all metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just sometimes I have trouble unpacking the metaphor. I can't quite figure out what it means. In the Again, minute. I don't think the script was well written and Yeah. And I don't want things spelled out for me, but like, I feel like there's just, it's, it's too mixed up. It doesn't. It's too mixed up. Yeah. And I don't find Brandon Ruth funny. I don't find Brandon Ruth anything. <laughs> I find him, uh. He gives the same performance every time, which is boring hero guy. Well, I mean, right. He got that role in the Superman movie. <laughs> well, he did, but Maybe then like. buddying up to Brian Singer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's been chasing a career after. I've seen things. him in plenty of other stuff too. Like, you know, 
he was on the TV show Chuck and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty. But generally, I I think this vegan joke is supposed to be really funny, and it's. Well, I think Edgar Wright imagined a huge crowd of people going to the theater and laughing up a storm. And of course, the huge crowd never came because right. it bombed, um, other than maybe like at a premiere or something. <laughs> uh, but I think they thought the vegan joke was really clever. Uh, you know, it's funny to make fun of vegans, huh? Like, I, I think it's funny to make fun of vegans. <laughs> I think so, too. I don't think they do it successfully here, though. Oh, I was going to say, I don't think they do it enough. <laughs> <laughs> See, she was like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Which is why she's attracted to Scott Pilgrim a little bit. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Number three. Um, that is also another complaint that people have with this whole manic pixie angle to the movie. Yeah. Is that, is she there solely to teach Scott a lesson and make him a better person? Kind of, yes. Yeah. Um, no, I think she's really like uh, an object of, uh, she's treated by, by an uh, as an object by the male world here. It's all, I mean, aside from the one female ex, it's all men fighting over her. And you're right. That's the, that's what the manic pixie dream girl does is she comes into the boring guy's life and livens it up and, uh, brings all this, uh, spontaneous, passionate energy to him. And then he learns that he sh needs to be kinder or more spontaneous. Not a funny line. Yeah, this is the stuff that, like, it's like, I don't really, you know, beast battle. Like I said, this whole movie is a puzzle to me. And the puzzle part comes as to how this movie gained a following and what is it that they like about the movie. Well, I think you nailed it earlier when you were talking about how just, uh, you know, when you're in your early 20s and you're trying to figure out relationships and you have you know baggage and you have all these complicated things and you haven't quite figured out who you are and who you want to be and uh i think there's something there that people can relate to but i also think that the people who uh the cult followers of this movie think the vegan joke is hilarious did ben stiller and ethan hawk have a fight scene in reality bites like with <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but the, no this different is actually very it, it's it's a different era but it's very similar in a way ironically I, I think we've talked about this before i'm not a big fan of that movie either but no me neither but i haven't seen it in forever so <laughs> could be our next teleparty <laughs> Uh, 
like I said, I, I mean, the, the, now this is the part where things are happening, but I'm like, I don't care. I don't really know what well, the purpose is. No, that's my whole point about not having a plot and not uh, developing any of these characters is it just becomes totally episodic and we're just waiting for the next X fight scene. And it's it, it's hard to care about what's going on, partially because we're we're disconnected from reality. It's like it's all happening in the realm of metaphor. But if we can't puzzle the metaphors together, we can't get emotionally attached to the characters. And then we're just watching this stuff flying around on the screen and not really caring. And even within the fight. Well, he bested him because he yes. just gave him a, a half and half. He gave him the half and half. And this... <laughs> yes i see i find this kind of i do too down. i find that joke funny oh that's funny that his and that oh no he's not the right he's that actor he's in a lot of um movies i forget that actor's name <laughs> I know it's kind of weak. <laughs> um, it's kind of weak. I mean, yeah. I'm guessing what's it's going funny. on. Like, why is he battling? Is because he has to deal with the fact that this is an ex of Ramona Flowers, but it's also somebody who's dating his ex. Yes. And I guess the guy's, you know, he's a poser. And now you'll be gone. Oh, I wrote this line. Oh, yeah, I just, I'm over it at this point. Like I've seen people smashed into quarters a couple of times now. Um, I like this, the high five. I thought that that's one of the best moments in the movie right there. It's the vegan police high five. tender moment <laughs> it yeah and it's it actually oh and now she's back yeah bye like i said if the movie went a little bit more oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good i guess that was to make sure it got a pg-13 rating Yeah, see, they're just, they don't have a good relationship. It, it, there's it, there's not much chemistry between them. But I, I actually find. think there's not supposed to be, right? Oh, it's kind of like five, the, it's like 300, was it 300 or 500 days of summer? Which one? Which, it's I mean, 500. It's 500 they, days They didn't summer. have a good relationship. But that's the point of the movie is that well, they don't have Well, but I think a, that's the point of this movie, that they don't have a good relationship. Do you remember the end of this movie? This one? Yeah. Uh, so, I, well, 
did we, well, I guess I want to say, do we want to give it away? But I mean, if you're watching this <laughs> along for the first time and listening, um, you should not. No, people are not they, listening well, to break, us. The, they don't. They don't stay together. But she says that he was the best of all her exes, or something, the nicest anyway. Yeah. Okay. And doesn't we'll he get back what, together with Knives Chow? We'll see when we get there. But no, you're completely wrong. I am. Yep. He doesn't get back together with Knives Chow. Nope. Are you really? Yep. Oh, does he get together with Kieran Culkin? Was I right on that? You're not right on that either. Allison Pill, maybe? <laughs> nope. Oh, geez. Uh, there's a moment where you think he's going to get back together with Knives, and then he doesn't. Okay. Well, I guess I haven't seen this movie in 10 years. <laughs> They're having a fight. He seems kind of fed up and worn out on the whole thing, too. Yeah, neither do we as the audience. We don't know what she's like. Oh, oh, hey, her, an, her? another fight scene. Egg? Anvil? Her? A sexy face. <laughs> really lame line yeah so so often the jokes just fall flat like that well has been <laughs> that one was pretty good yeah but it's just again she she went and left america to canada but yet all these exes keep showing up i here. was just gonna bring that up yeah i mean the guy from the, that she dated in the seventh grade has like come to canada just to fight scott pilgrim yeah and again i think that edgar wright gets captivated by all this razzle dazzle that he was able to yeah. do Yeah, this is happening, right? Like, yeah, but I don't think it really is. I mean, it's well, a I, no, I agree with you, but it's just now. Why does Ramona have to fight her? Well, again, I think that we were introduced to the movie as Scott Pilgrim, and it says Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah, but I think that very much she is battling similar stuff because he just went through a whole thing with his ex. Yeah, and now she's got this thing with. But apparently, you're not allowed to have a lesbian relationship. Well, that's what I'm getting at, and that there's something kind of weird about the fact that she does the fight and not him. Yeah. Yeah, which is true. Scott has to beat her. Now, this is an interesting metaphor where... You know, she's controlling him in the fight. Mm. This is their first, like, teamwork moment. It's like Scott and Knives at the arcade. Very good. You're right. Yeah. This is where they're finally syncing up. So all of this yeah. stuff is. 
bringing them together. <laughs> I actually like this. I think like I said, this is like an ongoing fantasy battle for these yeah. two people to figure out whether they can be a couple. Yeah, but what's weird is that it's all on, uh, you know, she says, you can only date me if you can, if you defeat all seven of them. But what does she have to do to date him? N nothing, really. I just think there's some weird gender politics going on here that uh, make me slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I think that what it is that, that you're, what I think we're pointing out is that our fans of this movie are these guy fans. They're they look at it completely through the Scott Pilgrim lens, yeah. and they're totally like, "Oh, I were totally identified with this guy because I can't get my relationships going either because I'm an ass. I can't get my relationships going because I'm obsessed with." Uh, with their exes so obsessed with their exes and can't get over that that i'm like gonna destroy the relationship well like i said this is where my theory is that that scott pilgrim is gay and that <laughs> he is so hung up on her past because he can't really get over his his insecurities because he really hasn't gotten a handle on who he is sexually right At least in this, when I got to this point in the movie, I was like, oh, thank God they're doing two at once. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, but why does it have to be seven? I mean. I didn't read the comics. It's probably in the I, comics. No, I'm just right? saying it's, it's just too many. And we get the point really <laughs> early on what's going on. And like, we get the metaphor, right? We get the fantasy, we get the metaphor, we put it all together, and then it just repeats itself seven times. Yeah. Well, again, without the absence of a strong plot, that's where this gets monotonous. Yeah. Because, there, and I'd be fine without a strong plot if there was more character development, but like the fights don't really develop character, except, you know, I mean, little moments here and there maybe, but uh, largely it's like, okay, here's another one of these fight scenes. What does he have to talk to her about? I must have missed something. I missed something too. <laughs> they had some kind uh, of falling out. Did I miss the falling well, out? Well, it could have been stuff edited out. This was probably like a four-hour cut of this movie that... God, that would be unbearable. I mean, I wish this movie was a, it was 20 minutes shorter. 
at 90 minutes, this would have been uh, but bad, that's, I, I think, but quicker. <laughs> it, uh, that's part of my problem with Edgar Wright, though, is I feel like his editing is not very tight in general. And there's sort of a looseness to every scene that. And I just find this annoying, like shot on film. There's a plus. <laughs> Okay. Oh, they, yeah. Directed, we'll definitely uh, watch it now. Well, the cinematographer is uh, Bill Pope, I think. And he's done is a it? lot of Edgar Wright movies. Yeah. Not to be confused with Dick Pope. They're two different popes. Both cinematographers. And again, even in a fantasy sequence, why are all these exes showing up in Toronto? Yeah, exactly. Well, at least these guys are a band. Right, so you can argue that they're on tour. Yeah, but she had another ex that was in a band, so maybe she likes musicians, and then he's a musician. So. And then he's a musician, yeah. yeah. So maybe there's a thing there. And I guess maybe if I was more into the music, I would like this. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's not my kind of music, but it's not bad, you know? It, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like there isn't much for me to sink my teeth into in a scene like this it's just you know it's some razzle dazzle um here comes the razzle dazzle we got some dragon cgi dragons which i just don't care about yep i like i said at this point i really don't even know what's supposed to be going on in the story and why i should care and what's really happening with their relationship at this point well it's like they cut out all the relationship stuff and just left the razzle dazzle behind well, again, if you're at almost two hours of a film like this, that's the problem. And then that ends up with the the, the script. You've got to have a tight yeah. script before you shoot a film like this. Yeah, and it's not a tight script. So he knows Gideon somehow? Well, yeah, they've been talking all through this about how G-Man is going to be at the concert. Ah, uh. And he's a music producer. Oh, and so. he's the one that they're trying to impress, and it turns out it's an ex. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, they've heard about Gideon. He's heard about Gideon, and they've talked about G-Man. And then in that moment, he puts it together that the guy they're trying to impress is her ex. And I guess that's more pressure on him somehow. But I do not care about a CGI gorilla fighting two snake dragon things. That's I'm with you. Like it just doesn't. Uh, I just me. don't care. It doesn't forward their relationship in any meaningful or interesting way. Well, that's why I really liked uh, Baby Driver because yes, the car chases were real car chases, and there was yes. an excitement and an energy to that. And they had. Okay, here we go. This just totally annoys me getting a life yeah which you know it's kind of funny he's getting a life he gets the one up there um but then oh <laughs> see and then we go i go thanks knives yeah but it's like a nice little human moment You know, at some point, Knives is going to wise up that she's chasing yeah. the wrong guy, just like he has, he's chasing the wrong girl, and she's chase, she's not chasing him, but.
<laughs> nice song choice. Yes. So basically what we're, what we're learning is that Ramona Flowers is a shallow person who likes scummy guys. Yeah, well, this was... Yeah, so he has this control over her because she can't get him out of her head. Which is is just weird. Well, it's because, and this will be revealed in a few minutes, he... uh, He saved her from a car accident? (laughs) Like, why? No, he actually implanted a microchip in her head. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, he's, he's the Bill Gates of music producers. Yeah, he's actually got actually put a microchip in her head. So oh. she, uh, you know, I guess that's the whole metaphor, right? You can't get over the X and they're implanted in your brain somehow and everything is. Even if they're not good for you? Even if they're not good for you. Yeah. So is he's the he's the rebound guy. Yes, he's the rebound guy from this Gideon guy. Yep. Yeah. She was trying to try out a nice guy. So I guess in the future, she might be sad that she left Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I think. Uh, Why? I don't know. He's not really that. You're <laughs> <laughs> no guy. Okay. And now here, yeah, we're supposed well, to be back be... at the swing when they first. Yeah. See? Oh, you're right. Tell you. And remember, he doesn't ever seem to hang on to a relationship because he really, the one he wants to have a relationship. Is Scott. Scott. Yeah. They're really made for each other. Yeah, he's with it, he's with different guys all the time, which. Uh, he's got a lot of evil exes. He's got a lot of evil exes. Oh, man. Okay. 
22 minutes to go. We can do it. We can do it. Oh, man. But the next 20 minutes. Oh, my God. I know. This movie has sucked a lot of energy out of me. (laughs) Me, too. And, you know, I like Jason Schwartzman, but I don't like him in this role. No. But again, this is sort of hyper-exaggerated because he may not actually be that bad a guy, but he has to look at him as a villain because he's taking Ramona away from him. Yeah. And I guess, but I just don't find Jason Schwartzman's performance funny. No. And, or, or even irritating and evil enough, or, you know, like he's not enough of a villain in a way. Well, that was my problem with Reality Bites is they try to make Ben still a villain, but he was actually really kind of like a nice guy. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So many of these exes are not villains. Uh, well, they are in Scott's mind. They are in, yeah, they are in Scott's brain, but that to me just uh, and see, is now another. He, he can win and somehow win her back. But Yes. He's going to win her back chaos theater level one like that stuff just doesn't it doesn't jive for me yeah well hold on to your hat because it gets worse i do remember kind of mentally tuning out at the end of this movie the first time i can see why it also happens twice there's that guy who knows everybody yep So this is like the nightmare of Scott's life that he's basically thrown everything away. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was great. I love the Coke Zero joke. Nobody knows. See, that's not funny. No, it's not funny. Like I, again, this is where I'm like, what? Are, what is? What are? What is Edgar Wright hoping we're getting out of this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And and she just sits there. I know she has a chip in her head. Sex bomb, <laughs> and yeah, now a super stuff, fight scene. I do not care super about this fight, fight scene. scene at well, all. Well, you know the big big battles in video games, right? They're always over. Well, the I know, and... but like, I find it boring that the power of love is just a, a flaming sword. And like, how is love helping him defeat these guys? Like, the metaphor is just undercooked. Is what I'm getting at. 
Yeah, and when I ever see scenes like this, I'm never impressed. I just find them kind of noisy and boring. Yeah, this is just stuff moving around on the screen to me. There's no meaning to any of it. But now, and now it actually is two guys fighting over her. You know, if if well, the fight is just a metaphor, the fact of the matter is it's two guys trying to win her heart while she just stands there like a robot. And I know she has a chip in her head, but... Okay, I don't know what this chip in the head thing is yet, but um, maybe, like I said, when we think of it as really her story, she's now seeing guys being obnoxious over her and that she's maybe realizing i gotta i gotta move on myself from all this nonsense grow up and like different uh people oh knives chow yeah see that's not very nice no it's not funny either <laughs> and again, this is exactly the same choreography as every other fight in the movie. There's a lot of spinning around and then there's a lot of spinning around and, but it's basically just this shot reverse shot thing. I was claiming, complaining about earlier on. It's every fight is shot in exactly the same way. Hey, it's no John wick, man. Well, no, seriously. I, I thought about John wick. Oh, that's a lot. why I well, love John wick. It's such great yeah. fight choreography. Well, not just great choreography, but like the fights actually have meaning and story to them. Yeah. Well, they also are thought like each time there's going to be a fight, it can't be the same fight. Exactly. <laughs> that's it oh man if only the movie just ended right here yeah well it is an interesting where it has to come to grips with the fact that when you don't break up with somebody else and the other person doesn't know that you had somebody just because you kind of ghosted that person you are kind of cheating on both of them you are no you're definitely cheating on both of them it's like that brady bunch movie cindy you're not just tattling on <laughs> someone else you're tattling on yourself <laughs> So now he's back in his dream state.
There's that chip you were talking about. Oh, good. He learned a lesson. I mean, you know, it is interesting in these complex relationships that he liked somebody that he really shouldn't have liked, but he liked her anyway. She obviously had a similar situation. She couldn't get away from it. And sometimes you can't get away from your past. Then there's the whole knives chow. And, you know, she was caught up with it in a different way. And, you know, so there's some interesting things going on. Yeah, so he learned something from all of this. <laughs> yeah, from from a fantasy fight world? Yeah, I'm not and I'm not even sure what he learned when he said I think I've learned something. There we go. Yeah. <sighs> And this is where all guys are like, yeah, fight that ex who's taking Well, yeah, I mean, the self-respect thing does make sense because he doesn't have any for most of the movie. So I guess there's something to be said for that metaphor working, but... Snooze. Yeah. true yep <gasps> the chip it's breaking yep I feel like this is the movie that they would make me watch with the Ludovico technique. <laughs> I'm not sure what would happen to me at the end of it, but. Oh, I feel like. Uh, uh, I'm not yeah, sure my, I could ever watch this movie again. I don't think I can ever watch this again. And, you know, this is my second time seeing it in a week. And, I, I don't uh, know why you felt that you had to watch it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I could just barely remember it, and I, I thought know. maybe I'll get maybe I'll have some get great some nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, I'll have some great nuggets of wisdom, and I'll analyze the movie and have it all figured out. But no, it was just a painful experience then, <laughs> and it is now again. Well, <laughs> particularly this last half hour is. Well, are you? Do you wish that you hadn't watched it a few days ago? Or are I you... wish I never watched it in oh, my life. Well, I no, 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 no. Yeah. But yeah, actually, I do kind of wish I hadn't watched it a few days. Our ago next. Because... Party will be the human centipede. 
<laughs> yeah, and I'm not watching that in advance. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I have not either. My wife uh, has. <laughs> but I bet it's probably about as much fun as this sequence we're watching right now. Again, it's just one guy on the left, one guy on the right. Shot well, like reverse. I, said, I shot. checked out. It's oh, I'm like, totally yeah, checked out. Just, None of this has any meaning. I don't care about the characters. I think this movie right now has more endings than Return of the King. Oh, I think it definitely <laughs> does. Yeah. It's been over like four times. Oh. Yeah. Not anymore. That's a terrible line. That's that a line a written by a guy, you know? Yep. Well, that's another thing that would be very interesting is if this movie was remade with a woman with a, writer and director. Boy, that would be well. I, I don't again, want to see I, a remake, but I would like to see the Manic Pixie Dream Girl story from the Manic Pixie Dream Girl's point of view. Maybe Ruby Sparks is the closest we get to that, but well, and then I thought, you know, the. 500 days of summer is yeah. that there was a, a situation where you know it was a relationship that it was working out for one side a little bit more than the other yeah and i don't know if that was a manic pixie dream girls situation but it, you know it, just, it is actually yeah it's considered i think part of the genre but uh you know it was one of those things where it's hard to realize that somebody can find everything they want with somebody else and not you right yeah well, and I think, I mean, there, of course, there's that stuff going on in this movie. It just fails to connect emotionally. Not funny. Yeah, not none a, of this the, is the, like. The two-hour thing was not a good joke. None of this is funny. Well, like I said, this movie's trying to have it two ways. It's trying to be a fantasy and maybe in someone's head, but then it plays too much as if it was really supposed to be happening. Yes. And I don't, you know. Well, and I can never, I, I guess this is what it really comes down to is I never click with the movie's wavelength, right? Like I, I'm never on board with it. And I guess if you were, I mean, that's the thing with cult movies is they can be kind of weak in all sorts of ways ways but somehow you click with what it's trying to do and that just doesn't happen with me with this movie know, no it, piss, it pisses me off that i usually am in wave with cult movies yeah me too yeah but this is not one of them i just i feel totally disconnected and checked out watching this i'm kind of hoping someone will, will you know kind of listen to our party because they're big fans and they're like oh great jim and Taylor, <laughs> they're gonna do scott pilgrim versus the world and at the end they're horrified and then they feel that they need to tell us why we got it wrong or something <laughs> i i look if i got it I, the thing is i can't get it wrong because uh right this is your take on it <laughs> this is my take and my take is that i do not uh emotionally connect with this movie or or connect, not just emotionally i don't connect with it on any level no and i again why i was kind of interested in i don't think this is funny either um, no. why i was interested in doing this as our teleparty is because i didn't really connect with it that i thought well maybe i would connect with yeah. it this time yeah mega scott not funny especially since yeah, I don't even know why he has to. Oh, he has to face. He has to beat himself. He has to beat himself. There's some part of himself that. But I feel like if I was a big okay, video here we game go. Person, this is the end of the movie. Oh, this is the last scene. 
Up, uh. oh, see, now he has a hat on. Yeah. Yeah, so see, something was up there. No, that was a joke. Yeah, but he didn't have a... Hmm. My work is done here. Little knives, child. <laughs> she was 25, playing a 17-year-old. That means she's really dated some asshole losers. Yep. <laughs> if he's the nicest. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it is sad. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the ending I wanted for the movie right there. That's see, this is right. False note right here. Yep. What about me? I'm nice chow. <laughs> I'm the brunt of everyone's joke for two hours. Well, that is true, Nice. Finally, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so she actually has gone through quite a transformation over the course of the movie, Knives. See, this is so false because you never built up a relationship between the two of these that anybody cares about. And this is supposed to be really touching that he goes back, you know. Yeah. Again, either he ending up with Knives Chow or ending up with Kieran Culkin's character. Or ending up right alone. Ending. Or ending up alone. Yes, ending would up be alone. Fine. Right. You know, because right. then it's like everybody gets a fresh start after this. But no, they literally walk off into the sunset here or sunrise, whatever it is. Were you hoping for a sequel, Edgar Wright? Well, you're not getting it. <laughs> you're not getting one. There there shall be no sequel. Oh, my God. We made it. We made it through that whole debacle. We did. What, what just? Yeah, we did. We made it. But what a what a. I, I, I'm nothing. No, this movie gets worse the more you watch it. Uh, uh, uh. Well, there you have it, folks. So our second watch party was kind of a, a bitchy hate fest, um, which was okay because you know again we, we get it. And now, as I'm kind of wrapping up through the credits, that Netflix always cuts off unless you, right. you know, can stop it before it does. Um, what have we What have we learned here? Uh, I think we've learned that. Oh, geez, I don't know. I, I can't even figure out what Scott Pilgrim learned. Uh, he, he learned that you can do everything wrong, or I guess if you go through all levels right, you can still get the girl of your dreams, even though it makes no sense to end up with her. Right. And that you were never really connected that much in the first place because she was just a fantasy of the kind of person you thought you were. And so I guess we, uh, I guess what I've learned is, uh, 
comic book mo- movies based on comic books mm. feel like they're based on comic books. Yeah, and I didn't read the comics, so I don't know if there's something else that would make well, more sense here. Yeah, I don't know how it's done, but like I was thinking about it, like if each issue was a different X, maybe mm. that would work, you know, but uh, I, yeah, I, <laughs> you know what? You should have your daughter read the series and then she can fill us in and then she can fill us in. Yeah. Because this, yeah, the movie, the movie just doesn't work. It just, it's trying for too many things and doesn't, none of them come together and gel in any significant way. And uh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm baffled by the people who love this movie. So hopefully some of them listened and will educate me. Yeah. Sorry, uh, gang, for not loving Scott Pilgrim versus the world. But, you know, (laughs) this is what happens. Um, Who knows when our next movie will be, but we're going to do this again. Yeah, Uh, yeah, we'll definitely be doing this again. I find this is kind of fun to do things, uh, especially where now there's just, you know, there's no movies to go out to the theaters to see. Uh, So maybe we'll be doing more of this this winter. Uh, Anyways, send us your feedback at feedback at stuffweseen.com and certainly catch all our episodes at stuffweseen.com and uh, you know certainly if uh, you have some fans of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World have them uh, listen to this while watching and then they can get (laughs) angry that we didn't love it the way that they did but what can you do all right everyone uh, thanks for tuning in this was fun Sort of. Fun. But, yeah. <laughs> no, it was fun. Okay. I mean, I, I let, let me just say it was a much better experience watching it with you than it was watching it alone. I like to think that, I, <laughs> yes, it's always more fun to watch with a buddy, which is why the teleparty exists in the first place. So if you were going to have to watch Scott Pilgrim alone, now you can watch it with two obnoxious uh, people in the theater that keep talking. <laughs> they keep complaining about the movie, sitting, sitting oh. right behind you like, what the? Yeah. Well, maybe next time we'll do something that we can like a little bit more. I got one in my head that I think will be much more of a fun experience. Uh, Anyways, I'll talk to you later. Go see some stuff somewhere. Bye-bye. Bye.